1: they can't go on. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on May the 17th, 2011. Newcomers, I always suggest you look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. you find hundreds of audios to download where I try to give you shortcuts to understanding this incredibly big system into which we're all born, in fact, and your parents were too, and so were the grandparents and all the rest of it. Because we've been here for an awful long time, a a technique of controlling populations, giving them really fake realities, altering the realities when necessary too for wars and different things, getting you global, getting you back to national again when when you get the wars going, and then back to global again once the wars are over and sometimes you have wars going on, and you're both nationalistic and global at the same time. So it's quite confusing, but i show you how it all works, and it's all psychology, of course, and government employs an awful lot of psychologists and teams of think tanks all working together on every facet of human society to make sure that we all go along and we think we're informed, but in actuality, we're kept in the dark. So help yourself to the audios, and remember, too, uh, there's transcripts in every site listed on the comm site, Transcripts for download in English, and you can go into sent in EU for transcripts in other languages. Remember, too, that you're the audience that bring me to you. I don't bring on advertisers as guests, and therefore I depend on you to keep me just ticking along. So you can buy the books and discs I have for sale at cutting through From the U.S. to Canada, you can still use a personal check or an international postal money order from the post office or send cash. Through the mail, and you can also uh, use PayPal to order. Use the donation button you'll see on the Com site, and follow it with an email name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Cross the, the world, you left with MoneyGram, Western Union, and again PayPal to order using the nation button. Remember, straight donations too are very, very welcome indeed, because things are getting tight all over. so I'm sure you're all noticing too, as we go into austerity, inflation is going on, prices are going up everywhere. And Canada here we're getting tax upon tax, uh, uh, just added on to this uh, harmonised sales tax. I think they upped it three times already since they int- introduced it last fall, and it's to go up again. I think next month. So and then it's to get spread around on all items, not just a few, but all items, just because it's a value-added tax, really. So that's what we're we're all about here. So ho- hopefully you keep me going by listening, uh, donating, and hopefully will understand the big picture as we all go through this incredibly complex system. It's not really so complex when you understand that money controls the whole globe. It makes the world go around, as they say. It certainly makes their world go around and yours too because you're dependent upon them to make sure the cash still flows. And less and less will flow to the general public. More will flow from the public to the big boys at the top through taxes and so on with their big world agendas, big programs, the redistribution of wealth through the IMF, and all these organizations, as you get poorer and poorer, and uh, they, they put the money not to, th- to third-world countries or poor countries, but into their own uh, big international corporations all over the planet that maybe happen to replace them in third-world countries. That's how they've always done it. And that's why the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, and we're on a roll, of course, into austerity. Austerity is a big word. People are forgetting all about it. In fact, they adapt to it really pretty well. We adapt to everything. Darwin was quite right We're the most adaptable species They adapt into airport searches And all these kind of things very quickly And will adapt pretty well to anything Right down to eating oh, Some gooey meat substitute They'll eventually give you Like Orwell's 84 And, uh, and then there can be people Amongst the general public Who will say it's really pretty good I enjoy it You always get those ones don't you Back with more after this break We're back and talking about austerity because austerity is something that was floated around. Most people have forgotten all about it. Now it's just a bit of inflation, things like that. They don't realize this is a big plan to cut us down to a post-consumerist society where the extra cash in your pocket would be spent on essentials, bare essentials. And that's what they we're talking about at the Council on Foreign Relations and all the other global meetings they have for a long time now. And they really mean what they say because Quigley was quite correct. It's a new feudal system they've brought in, really. We definitely are post-democratic, and these, although these are socialist front, they always make sure that all their chewing NGOs that really work for the same system and are paid by the same system through the parallel government of foundations with the multi trillionaires Then austerity means that you're going to go down the hill and to essentials, and there's an article on the Mail today and it says pay gap returns to Victorian levels as fat cats get 145 times more than their workers. And it says the average employee is paid £25,816, but the boss gets £3.7 million. That's what, that's his take-home salary. And it says the, the, the salaries of the corporate elite are, are, are out of control, says the commission. The typical FTSE 100 executive enjoys a pay package of $3.75 million, five times more than the average workers receive. The high pay commission goes on to criticise the fat-cast bosses for their out-of-control pay. The reason they're all out of control today on all levels, all levels, uh, and, and through government and so on, is that they know what kind of system they're bringing in. That's why the politicians, are, there's more sh- crooks than ever, all vying to get into politics. Because they know what's coming down the pike. They want to get in there. And it's like that CFR report says their own members must start off in the public sector or private sector. And they don't mean starting off at working at a lathe or something in a factory. They mean working for the banking system. And they know what they're bringing down. Uh, they don't want to be down there with all the rest of you. They want to be away above it with a, a very safe, uh, secure monetary income and a big fat paycheck and a big fat bank account because they know what they're bringing on the rest of you. And it says uh, income and qualities return to levels not seen since, since Victorian England. Pictured here. And they give you a picture, of course, uh, of a, 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 a Victorian era. And then it says, as a result, a tiny number of people are enjoying gold-plated pay uh, packages while the majority of the country struggles to make ends meet. The top 0.1% of earners will see their pay rise to an estimated 14% of total national income by 2030, according to the Commission. As Chairman Deborah Hargreaves said, the gap between pay of the general public and the corporate elite is widening rapidly. It's out of control. We have to ask ourselves whether we are paying more and getting less. Well, you have to ask about that. <laughs> we don't have much of a chance when you have to ask about that. Eh? Ask what they think about executive pay. More than 70% of adults told researchers that it makes this country crossly unequal. Well, there's no equality in feudalism. Eh? Don't you understand that? And it says the rich get richer. And... Um, It says, uh, the pay gap between the bottom and the top of the corporate ladder has widened considerably in the the past decade. In 1999, the boss typically earned 69 times their worker's salary. Uh, By 2007, the year the credit crunch struck, it peaked at 161 times. Despite the recession and banking crisis, it's narrowed only modestly. The scale of pay packaging is eye-watering, with most of the winners working in the finance industry. Well, (laughs) they can't lose, can they? They can plunder you. Pretend they're bankrupt and get get rewarded for being pretendingly bankrupt. Money didn't just go to the money heaven. Someone's got the key to it somewhere, don't they? At Barclays, for example, 231 people scooped a total pay pot, including long-term incentive plans of £554 million. It's not bad for 231 people. This is an average of £2.4 million each. By comparison, a typical nurse is paid around £27,000 a year. and uh, Of course, she won't get a job anyway because there ain't none going. It's a slash national health service. The report comes after Sir Richard Lambert, former director general of the CBI business lobby group, warned bosses of big firms that they are risking being treated as aliens. Well, they pretty well are with their lifestyles. The, the folk can't imagine how they live or even how they view the world. That's what Bertrand Russell talks about. He said eventually, through their special training, through special schools, very, very expensive schools, he says they will be a separate, uh, not just a class, but be like a different species to the rest of the public uh, with their world views and how they view everything. That's happened already, a long time ago, actually. Anyway, it says a high-pay commission was set up in November to look at pay in the private sector, and a final report will be published this fall. But uh, that's just the, the world as it's going. Uh, most of will be happy all the way through it until they can't eat anymore, as long as the TV keeps going and they can play the computer games. And, and, and I'm not kidding about that, because I've, I've seen that before, when they were bringing Britain down, uh, and there, there was, everybody was just losing their jobs. All the factories were just closing down one after another, every day on the news for months and months, and even years, every night. And once that news was finished, along in the usual comedies and so on, things you were familiar with, so things must be all right, even when Britain went through, uh, it surpassed Sweden with suicides. And it was because of unemployment, not because it was cloudy weather. Anyway, I'll put this link up too, and all these links that I'll mention tonight on CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And there's also one called Kansas City Austerity, and there's a whole bunch of links on it. About the US compared to other countries. USA grows at 1.8%, UK only at 0.5. That's because the UK doesn't build as many bombs, because the only thing they produce now in the United States are bombs and drones, apparently, as far as I can see. Despite rising fuel prices and a decrease in consumer confidence in the USA, it was able to post a growth of 1.8%. What's percentages mean anyway? Where do they dream this stuff up, eh? So we'll not bother reading this stuff, it's just rubbish. Anyway, he's in the, the There are part of this article. It says, welfare and benefits now surpass all tax revenues taken in by the government. And um, it's at a time when the U.S. government now borrows nearly half of the total money used to fund its annual budget. Can you, can you believe that the U.S. of all countries is borrowing half from private banks? Of the same ones that crashed, right? Of the total money used to fund its annual budget. That's not paying off the, the, the debt, by the way or anything like that. A balanced budget means you've paid the interest for the year. And a new report shows welfare and benefit payments made to the American people have sur- surpassed the total amount of what... You can read the rest of it yourself. But it doesn't mention the fact that most of your cash, your cash is going to fund military camps. It's a world war going on, you know. What do you think a world war is? Eh? Look at all the countries that took part in World War I and World War Two, and the Korean War. And you have a world war going on, on many fronts, including the economic front, Is it bringing you all across the whole planet into a new system. And folk really don't get it. They only see little bits of it. They don't understand it's a world war to change the world. It's a global society. So i put that link up, too. And I, I touched on this the other night, too, but you see, the whole idea of bringing you into trading blocks is, is just incredibly damaging to individual countries that sign on through treaties to merge together like they did in Europe. And I've, I've read so many articles of what Britain pays and other countries pay in the European Union as they all share the debt, even for, for a few countries going down, they all had to cash in and pay off the debt. But the incredible salaries that they get too these high uh, floating royal wannabes. That's what they are, really, the same types of mentality that become politicians in the EU. And, and all, most of them are appointed, by the way, because it's a non-democratic uh, s- system. Uh, and I mentioned one about that baroness, the baroness who has never been elected to any position in her life. She was appointed uh, uh, to the High Commission there. She was getting £335,000 Uh, a year for what? for for creating consensus amongst politicians that's their job anyway the EU wants uh, Britain for instance to pay uh, its £60,000 pension uh, for for these politicians British taxpayers have to stump up £170 million to pay for an above inflation increase so it's 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 a pension increase to European Union staff People. So I give the average retired official an income of over £60,000 a year. That's not too bad, is it? For, for doing nothing. For, for politicians too, that can't make laws, because they're not allowed to make laws, they can dicker about laws, but they can't change them or put forth laws, it's all done in secret in a high cabinet above them. There's only one solution to get out of the mess, Never, I think everyone really knows it. There's only one solution. Because these characters at the top that that push for this are are religious followers of a doctrine. They're fanatics. And I think you all know what it is, too. Now, the IMF uh, crisis management challenge, this is by the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, It's interesting, the Council on Foreign Relations was the first place that Bill Clinton had to go with his Monica Lewinsky affair or distraction, I call it, and uh, not to the American people, but to the CFR. That's where the real people who are America run their country. You know, everybody must belong to that club. I've mentioned that documentary put out by them as a kind of quasi-comical documentary of the American ruling class, uh, who rule America rules the world, but who rules America? Put out the year before the bank crash when they're riding high. And they put out themselves as a kind of how you get through life, and the club that you must join is the Council on Foreign Relations to be anybody and rub shoulders with anybody who is anybody. If you're not a not a somebody, you're a nobody, and and that's really how it is, isn't it? So here's the, the CFR with the IMF's crisis management challenge. This is the rest of IMF chief uh, Dominique Strauss Kahn on charge of sexual assault has cast doubts over the future of the IMF and its role in the European debt crisis and the global economic recovery. Now we'll touch on this because it's very important to understand what the IMF is all about and what it's doing now. Back after this break. So we're back and we're cutting through the matrix and talking about the International Monetary Fund. And you've got to through, go through the histories of these organizations, this big umbrella under the United Nations that emerged at the end of World War II to understand really what's all about. Because they're private, it's just collections of bankers under a guise one way or another. And the IMF is supposed to come in when countries have defaulted on debts or they're broke because they, they, were, they were literally screwed out of everything by the guys they made the deals with, the big bankers, the international bankers. And it's worked out that way. And they know darn well these third world countries cannot pay these debts back even when they give them to them. And how they work it is the IMF comes in as a big sorter out of, of the problem. And they, they generally either get another change of government and put in some dictator or tyrant, uh, lower the standards of living, make sure there's lots of unemployed peasants on the go, and then they bring in the, inter- the big international corporations, free business for everybody, uh, no wage controls, and, and so on. So, And that's what they do. Under the guise of charity or helping, it's always been big, big con. I don't think there's anything out there, honestly. After I've really looked over everything, that says it it is actually what it is, and it does what it says it does. I really haven't found it. Even the Red Cross, by the way. You You have to go into every organization to find out, under the charade of helping, uh, the IMF has a horrific history of, of plundering nations and causing utter misery wherever they go. And again, it's based on this socialist idea, which is really the banker's idea, of 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 um, spending your way out of of, of depression, and that went, that FDR was all for this idea, uh, and they're, they're all going with the Keynesian ideas on economics, and of course uh, uh, John Maynard Keynes himself, who brought in this system, this present system of money and borrowing, and the IMF, and all the rest of them. Uh, he said that, that we're going part two would come down the road, not in his lifetime. Well, this is what you 're going through now because the IMF, through all the bankruptcies in countries and nations, are, are demanding the right to go in and do the bookkeeping now of every indip- individual ex sovereign nation I call them ex sovereign nations because no one 's really sovereign anymore they 've all signed their way into these deals through treaties too many treaties anyway, this article here. It's not about Dominic Strauss-Kahn, which is a blip on the screen, because really these guys are all the same. And when you understand, when they meet at the big world meetings, and I've, gone, I've even read from mainstream articles when they bring in all the high-class hookers, male and female, young, too, doesn't matter, because you see, with diplomatic immunity, there's a different set of rules for these characters. And your own police eventually have to sort out the prostitutes for them. I'm not kidding, you pay for all this. For these characters. They have to sort out who they're going to bring in and who's cleaning and all the rest of it. And uh, all for these characters after they've wined and dined and smoked their big cigars uh, what they might fancy for the night, you know. And it's all on your tab, by the way. This is, this is what we, we're calling this democracy. Who's kidding who? Uh, I wish folk really understood what they're living in. Anyway, again, it's great how techniques are, are drummed into you through repetition and words and so on until you really can't really see around it and see what's behind it and see what it really is. Anyway, it's too big to fail, Dominique Strauss-Kahn, obviously, and um, they'll either give the, the, this woman, who's this present, this, this latest woman that he's, he's gone after, uh, to the offer that she can't refuse, which actually is two offers, you know, they accept this cash or something nasty happens. And um, But anyway, it's causing a bit of kerfuffle And he won't lose one way or another He's got so many private businesses on the go That's why he was over in New York for in the first place He gets first dibs at the country that's going to fail next And he's got his own private and um, uh, cash stashed in banks That are lending to the country So it's inside information This is how it all works in, in the real world you know? So it says the fair may have a significant impact On short-term EU IMF negotiations But it talks over Greek debt but it will not substantively affect the organization's long-term reputation as as a mass plunderer of the planet, say I. I added that part on. And then it really says here, CFR Stephen Dunaway says, this is a a personal crisis, not an institutional problem, says Dunaway. They're all the same. I added that part too. (laughs) I like adding parts to it just to let you get the message, (laughs) because they're all plunderers. But it may weaken the ability of Europeans pushing for a continental replacement, should Strauss can resign. Danewey asserts that in order to avoid concerns over favoritism, it might benefit the union, uh, the Europeans, not to have one of their own in this position. Uh, I don't know where they'll pick. Maybe from Hong Kong or somewhere. Who does? What does it matter? What does it matter? Is it? Does it doesn't really matter at all where they pick them from, because you don't get up to that level without being an utterly ruthless, clever psychopath. You can't get up there without that. You're competing with other ruthless psychopaths to get there. I think a few years ago, there was a book came out. It was Is Your Boss a Psychopath? I never read it. I know all about psychopaths, but uh, these are the ones who get into top positions, and they're utterly ruthless. And you know something about them too? They never. It's, it's like sexual perversion. Uh, uh, they, they never change. It doesn't matter how old they get. Nothing declines. Their, their ruthlessness and their perversions just it persist right to the bitter end. And they can't leave the limelight because they love the kind of power they get over people. They get off on it. It's a pretty heady thing, being pretty well untouchable. And it says, how how large of a role has Strauss-Kahn played as the IMF chief over the past few years, particularly during the European debt crisis? And I won't read the rest of that rubbish because I'm sure they're just praising the guy for for managing to to, um, put the countries under and getting part of the agenda through. And the rest of it is just rubbish, because it's from the Council on Foreign Relations. The ones who said, you're going into a new feudal system, they'd planned it a long time ago. Back with more after this.
0: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth.
1: Hi, folks. We're back, and we're cutting through the matrix. And there's a caller on the line, Dave from Colorado. Are you there, Dave? Hello, Dave. Are Uh, you there? Good show as usual. I
0: kind of wanted to comment on the banking situation and Strauss-Kahn. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying. I think this is another diversion because this could happen. This kind of situation happens all the time, and it does. And it could pop up in the news over and over again. And the, and the frank matter of it is there's nothing you can do about it because the system will continue.
1: It will continue. And what they generally do is they give them a payoff to the victim and as long as she retracts the statement to keep his reputation nice and clean once again. And, uh, or else you threaten her. I mean, people are scared of this guy. Even the French woman, too, the last one in France, Who's a reporter said that too? That uh, he sends emails after he generally does his little work with them and says that, you know, you're scared of me, aren't you? Uh, which in, it, in itself is a threat, you know.
0: Right. And that's, and that's kind of a, um, how should I say it, a psychological ploy because we shouldn't have to be afraid of these people.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. We should. This is the whole thing with this reality. We shouldn't be afraid of anything. When people are afraid of their governments, there's something darn wrong somewhere. And it's been like this for my whole life long. It's been like this, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, people are afraid of making phone calls now.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Yeah. And frankly, if you're afraid of making phone calls, then it's already over. You shouldn't, don't worry about it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I get get people who will write to me. uh, They won't put their name uh, on the letter. They're so scared. And I think, what kind of world is this? What kind of world? is getting worse all the time. And I think, what kind of world is this that's coming around? And people are already terrified to, to talk or speak. Uh, and meanwhile, mind you, the government has so much data on you uh, that you can't sneak past them anyway. They you know all about every one of us.
0: Yeah. yeah, there's no way of getting around it, folks. I mean, not putting your name on a letter or <clears throat> not making a phone call is not going to make a difference either way because they can get you wh- how, however way they want to. It's not yes. about... Yeah. Phone calls or
1: emails. I mean, and not only that. You know, every area. Um, I read a report recently. It was a little bit of trivia on Jack the Ripper and Scotland Yard, and Britain still has the, the Official Secrets Act on this case because it went, it went right on up until the early 1900s. And what they want, they don't want to disclose to the British public, is that in London alone, they had over hundred thousand spies. Paid people amongst the populations that, that gave back chatter to the cops. And this is how they've always run the system. And we do have them in our local areas. They don't want you to know that, too. They've had them here for years. Every little village even has one or two in them, just like the Soviet Union was run. And and so really, one way or another, they know all about you.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so folks, speak out because, uh, or forever hold your peace. Also, I wanted to ask you about the Vatican in terms of how does, you know much about how the Vatican banking system works and how they're connected to the World Bank and the IMF?
1: Oh, yeah, that's an old relationship that they've had through that. Um, and you understand, too, in Italy after World War II, there was a group set up to make sure that, because Italy was on the verge of going communist. I mean, it, it actually, actually, without this particular group, it would have gone communist. And, uh, and these, these characters are very, very, um, it was, it was like a secret service. They, they would even blow up things and blame it on the communists just to make people terrified of communism. But they were involved in the, the Vatican Bank. That all came out too with the, the P2 Lodge uh, after one of their high members, actually the guy who ran the, ba- the Vatican Bank was found hung over a bridge in London in a very Masonic fashion, of course. And uh, there's been some good documentaries put out about it, even from Italy itself, talking to his wife, the guy who, who was the, 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 the Vatican banker. And lots of money had gone missing, missing, millions and millions of dollars had gone missing into other areas, which I'm sure were part of the secret uh, service uh, that kind of ran Italy and still does run Italy today. But um, they're involved. Of course, the, all the big banks at the top, you can't separate them all because they all lend to each other you know, including the Rothschilds private bank, they're involved in it too, and uh, uh, Lazard Brothers, all the rest of them. So it's it's difficult to, to separate them all from each other. They're all in bed together, yeah.
0: And so I guess, um, what could you also tell me what are your thoughts about the whole idea of Vatican City being a religion, the only religion that's considered a city-state within the United Nations.
1: Hmm. It's an odd, odd term, too, state, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's an odd term.
1: Because everyone addresses, and even Israel will address himself as a state, not a nation. And, of course, that's how it was to be set up under this global governance system. Everyone was to be called a state according to the ones who set it up in the first place. Right. Um, so it, it's hard to... I think really, uh, well, as long as it's got a use for, for controlling millions of people, they'll leave it the way it is. Because it still has a lot of power over the minds of people. And some top players have actually said that who aren't Catholics. They've said that they will need that, you know. Uh, they'd love to do the same thing with the Muslim countries. The people noticed recently, we've been at war with nothing but Muslim countries for years now. Uh, and the UN is all for it, even though the UN charter and its treaties said that that will take in all the members at the time. They didn't have to be democratic or anything. There was no prejudice against different forms of government. I mean, they had the Soviet Union in, too, uh, at one time. And, uh, and now they've changed their minds. Now they're only, only going to push democratic, democratic systems, where they call democratic, across the world, or bomb you of existence. So it's a war on Islam, really. Um, So uh, they'd love, though, to to get uh, some high muftis all together in a united Arab uh, state system uh, and then bring in the liberalization of the system with with democracy and and the same parliamentary systems and borrowing from the World Bank, as we all do, and and the IMF and all the rest of it. That's really what they want to do with all the Islamic states.
0: Okay, and last question. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just want to pick your brand. Uh, does any of this all tie into what is called the Holy Grail and what exactly is the Holy Grail?
1: Uh, the Holy Grail has many, many levels, believe you me. <laughs> I call it the Holy Trail because it's a trail of, of, of different levels. And uh, on one level, of course, the Holy Grail is the search, your own search for yourself. It's your search for your soul. That's your, that's your primary uh, holy grail the search for your own soul and of course it's taken up to by a much much older system the holy grail was a isn't a, an old uh, story it's a much much older story than the one that was given out as a holy grail because every king even a god for instance had his cupbearer. and a cupbearer is very very important even in ireland there's a special cup there uh, you, you'll read about it too in the Book of Kells, is eventually the cup they mention is, is in Ireland. And uh, So what, what, is
0: the, what, what is the cup that's mentioned in the Book of Kells? Is, is it not the same chalice that Christ drank out of, or is it it's different? Well,
1: they'll all say this. They'll all say it's the same chalice that, that, that he drank out of. Uh, but it's also goes into, see, you, you understand, anything that happened in the past, a pre-existing system of brotherhoods uh, will always take it over to their own advantage. It's done that so many times, even from the most ancient times uh, right up to, to the present time. And um,
0: well, okay, so what, what what is it now in the in the present? What is the chalice now in the present time?
1: Well, the chalice has kind of migrated into uh, into the, the new age. I think I think the IMF thinks it really is golden goblets. Actually, they'll, they'll use them at their big meetings and the world meetings. But but the thing is. It's to do, even in ancient times, pre-ancient times, or pre-Christian times, say, um, when, when brothers got together, uh, you would go up, uh, generally on the death of the brother, when his is impending death was coming, and it would be, it be the age of 33 for the 33rd degree, you know. And, of course, they, you always have 33 uh, bones in the spine, and if you follow the spine upwards, you come to the upper room, which is the skull, and so the, the, the pre-wooden uh, Holy Grail was literally the skull itself, and that's why they drunk out of a skull. And then some of the, the, the Freemasons who still do it today, uh, just just for the hell of it, I suppose, because... Uh, and it makes it more spooky, you know. They'll have the spooky uh, part to it as well, drinking out a skull. As long as you don't pour it the wrong way or it'll pour out the eyeballs. <laughs>
0: yeah, you don't want to make a mess of things, do you now?
1: No, no not, not over your nice little you know, a, a penny that you wear, you know and uh, your nice white gloves, you won't make a mess of that. you
0: got to keep the gloves clean.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but really, the, 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 as I say, the the search for your own soul is, is what it's all about, uh, and the connection to your soul, uh, which means so much uh, for your connection to the deity, to say that the, the deity itself.
0: So, and, so, so basically what you're saying is that we have our own deity and they have their own and to them they have their own Holy Grail and we have ours.
1: They have more than that. They believe that you... Beca- See, under uh, the, the sort of um, Gnostic teachings which they go by and that's why they incorporate Hinduism and all the other ancient religions they incorporate parts of it because, and they also incorporate a lot of history and so they always, uh, they always venerate uh, great men as they call them, the ones who are conquerors who ruled benevolently, like benevolent dictators, and uh, even to do with Solomon ruling over a people, you know, and so they tried to emulate the ideas uh, of Solomon, uh, even though he had 300 wives, you know, and that's why too they were always into that area was always into money and pharmacology because you see in ancient times. Um, but all that dust floating around, you get a brand new wife, and she says, "Not tonight, dear. We got, I got a headache." So they really have to go into pharmacology in a big way. But anyway, uh, these guys literally have taken bits of all religions and bunged them all together, and and you become a god when you reach a certain level. They believe uh, that you you get to God by by breaking all the secrets of nature, which is science. And by coming venerated above all men and That's why they love their ceremonies of veneration And you, you achieve a form of godhood you've, you've come as far as any human can come on the planet But within all of that They still have this idea Of their own coming Messiah uh, One day, you know Either made by man himself through science Or, or by a supernatural means One or the other, it doesn't matter
0: Okay, so let's say the new world order comes into full fruition, and therefore a new world religion will come into full fruition, will that? Will they want us to worship their God?
1: Uh, people already are, in a sense. See, you can worship a God. A, a God, remember, even in ancient times, had many names. One God had many attributes. Even uh, in the Old Testament, you have Jehovah and, and a whole bunch of names. Uh, these are all, and so did Dra and so did Osiris. These are all attributes of the God, and so you're already worshiping the greening, whether you know it or not. You see, you're worshiping austerity, living within nature, as they call it, whether you know it or not. And uh, you can become vegetarians, uh, where, where you know it or not. So you being pushed from all angles, and, and they've already said at the United Nations they'll price meat out of sight, which they're already doing, by the way. And they don't like all these, these cattle around giving off methane, etc., etc., etc. You're already worshipping the deity or the attributes of the deity, uh, and eventually you'll you'll have the deity brought forth at the right time, the actual deity itself, with all of its attributes, uh, when the time is right.
0: So is there any possible opposition to this?
1: The opposition would have to come um, from people who... Here's the problem with, with, with people coming against a system like this. Number one, they generally are oblivious of it, they're caught up in, the, in the, the regular media reports, you know. They can't see what's behind it or what's running the world. They, they, they don't have eyes to see. They, they, they see these big tables laid out for the, for, for the and, and mere one and a half trillion dollars spent for security and meals for G20. But uh, uh, they, they can't see beyond that. What are they actually looking at? You're looking at a ceremony with its rituals, its pomp, and its circumstance and its rituals. You're seeing ancient rituals performed right in front of you. The same with the royal wedding. These are ancient rituals you're watching, and the people don't, they just wave flags and cheer them. It's like the peasants outside looking in the window and saying, thank God, someone's eating well. I'm happy for them. You know, uh, that's, that's how the public respond. You're constantly shown rituals of a system uh, that's not just coming into being, as as Bruce Sr. said, it's here now. It's actually here now. And the peasant now is looking through the window which is now called a television box or a computer.
0: Okay, so what if you're one of the lucky few who's able to recognize that you are observing a ritual going on? Then what?
1: Well, then you must go on a higher search for yourself because you will not be able to change it when the mass of the people are unable to see or hear. Really see what they're seeing and really hear what they're hearing or even retain it because uh, it's ongoing, it's um, streamlined to them every day via TV or computer, uh, the, all their updates. And they're adapting, as Darwin said, to every part of this new system. Uh, and once you've adapted, it's easier to adapt to the next part, and the next part, and the next part. And the big kicker, of course, across the world, was, were, was when people would uh, give the children to security guards and be x-rayed and groped and all the rest of it, and their wives and themselves, uh, that was a big kicker to show you that there, w- there will be no resistance to it. The resistance will only come when you have a, a rabble who are so damn poor and hungry, they're, they're simply rioting. And I've got articles from the big organizations who are talking about this coming and so on. So uh, that's your problem with society. Because at the moment, you have, the, you have a society uh, that's been given a little bit more goodies down through their lifetimes than any previous generation, uh, cheap electronics, cheap news, cheap this, cheap that, cheap games, all the rest of it, lots of entertainment, and they have been subverted uh, morally and spiritually subverted through all the movies and the games, etc., that they've been given. You, the ancients said, and this is very true, that an immoral society cannot stand against anything. They won't stand together even, and that's where you are with what's happened today. Uh, 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 Bezmenov said it very well from, from the Soviet Union in the 1970s. He says, then by that time it was all the system of corruption had worked so well in the U.S. that it was already over because the people had adapted into corruption, not knowing what corruption really was. It was personal corruption. When you when you give all your morality up to this new thing because it titillates you, you're now corrupt. And as I say, that's why really rapes and things don't bother people anymore. Uh, as, as they used to, uh, which we should be horrified. I can remember when politicians, if they recorded any kind of scandal, would step down in shame. That has never happened for the last 30-odd years.
0: No, I, I completely agree. I'm just wondering how the individual, how it's possible for the individual to elevate himself above a group. Uh,
1: I, I think you know when, you're, when you arrive there, when, when you know that when you're in a group, now all groups are controlled by a scientific technique, and it happens naturally. And then it's then it's also managed from outside. But it happens naturally first through bonding, and then it has its mandates. Then you have tenants, and then you know you're just another group with tenants, and you must agree with the group or you're out. <laughs> That's group psychology. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix and there's Janet from London there. I'll try fit Janet in. She's there. Hello, Janet.
0: Yes, hello, Alan. Yes. Great to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm originally from Derry in Northern Ireland and yeah. I was just wondering what you make of the British Queen's visit to Ireland at <laughs>
1: this time. Uh, well, it's, it's an incredible rub in the face, isn't it, uh, in the age of austerity. And uh, she's to be followed, by the way, by Obama. He's gone over there too. And uh, I'm not kidding. He, he's claiming his great, great, great grandfather lived in a little country, a little county there. Uh, but I know the Queen too is over. there. And, and they're literally scouring everybody's security, and, and uh, the CIA and everybody's over there with all this power, going through another country to check out, out, out everybody and going round doors and everything, uh, all for her visit to make sure she's safe and happy and all the rest of it. But I mean, it's, it's disgusting to, to watch this, a person with all this cash, plundered, the, the plundering of centuries coming into a country uh, that's doing nothing but plunder under this particular rule. <laughs> so I'm just astonished.
0: <laughs> what, what do you make of her laying a wreath at the Garden of Remembrance? Mm.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh well, these characters remember too that they, they'll go through all kinds of rituals to try and gain favour with a few odd people here and there. But um, it's such hypocrisy. People always think of the Irish famine, and it wasn't really a famine, you know. It was because the British uh, government had agreed they needed Ireland as a breadbasket to feed base, mainly the British uh, uh, Commonwealth countries where the troops were. And th- th- there's uh, I've got so many, so much histories on all of all of this. It was a forced starvation as it exported so much uh, food out of the country, livestock and everything. It was just incredible. Uh, and I'd love to see her talk about that. Of course, that won't happen ever. But uh, I, 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 no, nothing astonishes me uh, as these pageants go on and on and on, and the media makes such great coverage of it like she really cares, you know. Um,
0: yes, and the, and, and the official line is that the Irish people welcome her And I, I think unofficially that's not the case My heart goes out to my people in Ireland And, yeah. and what they, they're going through they're a, they're a proud nation, you know, and it's sure. very sad
1: Yeah, and, and literally they've been plundered from them about the 1500s uh, Literally plundered And never given a chance to, to ever achieve the, the goals That they could have achieved as a nation uh, Because of interference and domination and, uh, we'll never hear that this come out of the the mouths of of these people who are at the top, the descendants of these crooks, you know, um, and, and the, the horror that they've done down through the ages to these countries that have just sucked dry, just literally sucked dry. Um, people don't even know their histories. People in Scotland don't even know that the Highland clear- Clearances was a planned event to get all the Highlanders out of there that were always causing the English trouble. And, um... And, and they put them all across the, the world. They just put them in boats. Many of the boats sunk off the coast and were written about by relatives as they watched them all go down. All, all the dirtiest, rottenest, cheapest boats that were obsolete and leaky were literally sinking off the coast. And thousands and thousands of them went down that way. But they wanted to clear the highlands uh, because Scotland was a, such a fiercely independent nation. Uh, there's no such thing as a happy United Kingdom. There never, never, ever was. And uh, it was all done by force and starvation, and again the the force of money too, and and crooks unfortunately.
0: Well, Alan, it's very good to hear someone saying it, telling it like it is.
1: That that's how it really is, yeah. That is how it really thanks is. For
0: the for the work you do, we're, we're very grateful for
1: that. And thanks for calling. Call again. From Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada. It's good night to me. Your God or your God's go with you.